Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Well, finally, right? Finally, 2020 is behind us, and we're looking forward to all of the expectation and promise of a new year. But even more promising than that is the victorious future that God has planned, a new heaven, a new earth, a place with no more crying or pain. This year we'll work on our personal goals and our church goals and all the rest, but the ultimate victory is found in the promise of God. Let's listen together to those promises in Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, I am the Alpha and the Omega. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. For those of you who pay close attention to these kinds of details, uh, you'll notice that I have basically worn the same two suits every Sunday for two months. Um, That's because this is one of the two suits that will still button. Uh, A beautiful suit selection awaits uh, in the back of my closet for a man who weighs 20 pounds less than I do today. And of course, this is the stuff of New Year's resolutions. I I have to get back into my clothes. After a year of corona gorging at home, I have some other goals for 2021, and I am genuinely hopeful. I, I have every reason to believe that I can lose the weight, meet my other goals. I've done it before. Resolutions are made of the things that we have the power to control. I mean, I'm, nobody resolves to have fewer rainy weekends, right? We, we only make resolutions, whether we keep them or not, we only resolve to do things we have the power to change. 
But if 2020 has taught us anything, we've learned that a lot of our hardship comes from the things we cannot control and cannot change. And it is maddening to think there are things that are out of our control. We much prefer the stuff of resolutions. So here we stand on the hilltop looking down over a new year, new opportunities, a better day. Have you noticed that it's our nature to always, always look ahead with optimism? Always we say that next year is going to be better than the last. Of course, it wouldn't take much to improve on 2020, but every year we talk about next year is going to be better. And of course we do. I mean, it would be the worst kind of Eeyore who would dress up in sackcloth and go to a New Year's Eve party and say, next year everything's probably going to be worse than this year. It's it's natural for us to look ahead with hope. That thing out there in the future that's going to make all things better when Messiah comes, when we get to the promised land, when 2020 is finally over. But help me keep a few things in balance, like faith and realism. You, you know that putting up a new wall calendar doesn't make all things new again. You know that just because you wrote down your New Year's resolutions, you, you're still going to have to do battle with your lesser angels to keep them. We, we do need to take measure of the real obstacles and hurdles But also, also if we don't live with a belief that God is out ahead of us, somehow lead blocking, creating a way out of no way, infusing life with meaning, then nothing in the coming year will soar any higher than a kid's kite. Mature faith stands at the intersection of faith and realism. I mean, When the Israelites crossed the Jordan River, reached the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey, they still had to fight battles to hold on to it. Mature faith sees what is, works to make things better, but also trusts that God is active, tinkering in the unseen, working in the seams, writing a way for us to come home. But while we are grappling with realism and hope, while we toil inside the calendar of days, God is at work across the whole arc of history, from Alpha to Omega. Have you noticed that our scriptures begin and end with visions of paradise? In in Genesis, our story starts in a garden with a tree where there's trust in God and beauty and glory all around, and peace is found in the love and the provision of God. And then in Revelation, a new city, a holy city, this time a tree of life. There's trust and beauty, glory all around, peace is found in the love and provision of God. But in between, In between Eden and the holy city, the first earth has passed away. 
we decided to pursue our selfishness instead of God's provision. And since Eden, there have been good seasons and bad seasons, times of plenty, times of war and want, years of plague and famine, years of peace. There have been eras when all the corn grew tall, and there have been years like 2020 that felt like a 12-month toothache. But while we fight and sow and reap and toil and retreat, God is at work, reclaiming us, calling us back to Eden where trust and provision was the rule. My calendar in my office, on my computer, on the screen, it's in 15-minute blocks of time, and it's set out for me to see one week at a time. What, what must I do this week, Sunday through Saturday, to get things done, get my goals met. But God is at work across the whole arc of history, pulling us home to Eden. Maybe not pulling us back to Eden, maybe pushing us forward to a new heaven and a new earth. This image in Revelation happens, you know, when the Apostle John is imprisoned on the Isle of Patmos, and he has this vision of what God is up to. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Heaven the new Jerusalem. It's, it's in the category of questions that I get asked most as a pastor. What is heaven like? Will I see my grandmother or my cocker spaniel or Uncle Terrence? Will there be tennis and gardening and varsity hot dogs? Do you think mama's up there playing the piano and making apple turnovers? Whatever. However we imagine the new Jerusalem, our shared faith is that the future in God's love is better than our past because of God's work, not because of anything you and I might happen to be up to. Carlisle Marney, a preacher of years ago, offered his own ideas about heaven, but his list was not what he hopes is there, but what he hopes not to find there. He said, my, the heaven of my fancy would contain no Democrats, no Republicans, no games, no puzzles, no charts, no calendars, no engagement pads, no germs, no debts, no money. No Brussels sprouts, no elections, no professional pastors, no finance campaigns, no experts on anything, no pills, tranquilizers, hair curlers, tweezers, or stiff petticoats, and no Saturday evenings without a sermon ready. Well, I suppose that our individualized images of the place where human history is headed might all be a little different. 
but it is the place where God's rule is perfect. The new Jerusalem, the new heaven and earth. But let's look a little more closely at the vision that John has laid out for us in this biblical image of hope. John declares that heaven will be a place with no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more sea. <laughs> well, it was uh, Pastor Chuck Poole who first uh, raised to my awareness that highlighted that one of these entries on this very fine list about heaven seems to be out of place. Like, you know, like the Sesame Street song, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things just doesn't belong. I mean, I'm, I'm all for a, a vision of God's future that's done with death and sorrow, crying and pain. But no more see. I like the sea. In fact, our favorite vacation place involves a beach umbrella. So why, if my earthly vision of paradise includes a sea, would my hope for the future have no sea? But remember what the sea symbolizes in Scripture. The sea is a place of chaos, a place where Leviathan lives, the great sea monster who tosses boats and swallows sailors. The sea is the dark, mysterious place with countless possibilities for evil. The sea is the symbol of all of our raging, unknown fears. Not to mention the fact that John has this vision on an island, so the sea is actually separating him from human contact, from community, from the love of other people. And yet, and yet heaven is the place where our mysterious, unseen fears are gone. Fear and chaos gone. So while we resolve to balance our checkbooks, lose 20 pounds, organize the garage, set monthly goals, whatever, God is at work, alpha to omega, beginning and end, Eden to the holy city, new heaven, new earth, the kingdom of God is always pulling us, beckoning back to paradise. And here's the other good news, as though that were not enough good news, right? I mean, I mean the truth is, this image alone has written choral anthems and inspired the great art of the world, but the biblical image actually gets better. Do you remember Jesus saying in Mark's gospel, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. At hand. The kingdom of God is now, thanks to Jesus. It's not like we've got this one reality 
it's all 2020 and suffering and all of that. And then there's this other reality. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. This is a story of overlapping circles. It's a Venn diagram. It's the time before, the time that will be, but right now, the kingdom of God is at hand. We get to taste something of Eden. We get to glimpse something of heaven. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Right now, we get to participate in all of the fullness of the kingdom. Faith in Jesus. A live participation in God's vision means that we can begin now to live into the heavenly hope. And now, people of the kingdom are no longer terrified by death. They no longer grieve as people who have no hope. They no longer live in the chaos of a meaningless life. The promises of a new heaven and a new earth mean no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain, no more sea of chaos. Choose Jesus. Choose the way of life and you can start dancing before the band gets warmed up. A new heaven awaits, but we get to start living that good news today. The kingdom of God is at hand. So, Create a new budget, buy a new Peloton, do, do what you can. Take control over what you can control. But thankfully, we are not in control. We anchor our hope in the fact that God's loving work is pulling us toward a new heaven, a new earth, the holy city. God, in God's love, is beckoning us there. And John heard the one seated on the throne say, See, I am making all things new. Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. It's in the trustworthiness and the truth of these words that I hang my hope for 2021. Thanks be to God. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.